0: Hey, this is Darcy Rowling, and welcome to the Women 17 podcast, Conversations with Global Women Changing the World, One Sustainable Development Goal at a Time. In each fortnightly interview, we'll learn about these women's journeys, challenges, successes, which SDGs their work contributes to both globally and locally, as well as hear tips on how our listeners can participate in the advancement of the Sustainable Development Goals. Hi, listeners, and thank you for joining us today. I'm really happy to be speaking with Elaine Burks Mitchell, founder and CEO of The Bra Recyclers, a social enterprise dedicated to recycling and reusing pre-loved bras and other lingerie. Um, I love um, your tagline, which says, we change lives with pre-loved bras. Welcome, Elaine.
1: Good. Oh, thank you, Darcy. thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk with you.
0: Oh, me too. I'm really excited also. Um, And there's, I think there's so much for our listeners to learn about you and your journey and the bra recyclers. Um, But before we get started, um, I'd love to tell our listeners a little bit about you. Um, Elaine has a BA from Purdue University in the United States and a MA in organizational leadership from St. Catherine University. Um, she spent 25 years working in business analysis and project management in both um, the banking and technology space. And um, after a time decided to leave the corporate world to pursue her true calling, living through giving. And I think that's just a brilliant place for us to start. So, Absolutely. so yeah, I love that. Um, and you can't, um, you can't actually see but Elaine's got a t shirt that says it on right the living through giving. So <laughs> more or less. So, um, so after leaving the corporate world. um, How did you begin your journey to pursue this true calling?
1: Yeah, you know, it's so interesting, Darcy, as I think about that. I think my journey started even before the corporate world. I, you know, I came up in a family where I always saw my parents giving back. So my mother, um, she's a retired school administrator, and she um, used to teach um, special ed kids. I remember when I was a little girl, and sometimes I would play sick, and she would take me to school with her. And I used to love to see how she really interacted with her students, and uh, they were primarily boys in her class, and it always just intrigued me how they responded to her. And then my dad, who was a chemical engineer, he was very big in the community. He was always giving back either through his fraternity, but he also started a karate school um, in the city um, that would help kids you know, get more discipline, and particularly boys. And I, again, I was always around this, and I, I just kind of thought that was a norm, where people are giving back to others. So I grew up with that. So as a teen and an adult, that was just something that I just knew I was gonna be doing, or that I should be doing. So I was always finding a way to give back um, to the community in some way. So it's I think it was kind of ingrained in me. Uh, so when I started my career, first initially started my career at IBM, and again, as an adult trying to figure out a way to give back, I always knew, you know, the corporate world was great, great experience. So please don't get me wrong. It's wonderful to have that experience because I use all of those things that I learned, you know, in what I'm doing now. But I always knew in the back of my head, there was something else out here. There was something that would allow me to use my passions and my talents to help the people and our planet. So it, it started way back and it just kind of continued.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it's funny when you I, I, when you reflect upon that. I mean, for I think most people we don't take the time to think about how that germinated, how that started. And maybe you already knew this before you prepared for this podcast, but maybe you had an aha moment in preparation. But yeah. it, I find it yeah, it's really interesting if you think about you know, how you were brought up and the lessons that you learned and what you observed. What I find interesting though, is that you actually played hooky and then you had to go to school anyway. So, I did! I did. <laughs> so I not, did. not the brightest bulb, I think exactly. that was i I'm not sure if that was a win-win or it
1: was, it was fun. It was fun. You of know, course. well, you it were sitting fun. in the office. You didn't have <laughs> exactly. to sit in class. <laughs> exactly. Well, my mom, she made me participate. So I okay. To participate with her. Oh, yes. she's a good
0: mom. Good <laughs> oh, mom. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And where did you Where did you actually grow up? What city did you grow up?
1: I grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So oh, okay. Yeah, I was actually born in Sacramento, but my my uh, father's job moved, and so I grew up. I consider Milwaukee my home. okay. Right,
0: and you're mm-hmm. dialing in today from? I'm dialing in from Phoenix, Arizona. Nice, yeah, warm, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, absolutely. not Milwaukee right now, which I dare nope. say is covered in snow. So
1: absolutely, <laughs> I got out of the cold.
0: Yeah, indeed, indeed. So I think that, you know, so I think that you, you just sort of shared with us that sort of thought process of what, you know, I mean, you you knew that service was always part of your DNA. Um, But I wonder if you could sort of talk about like, how did you connect the dots or think yeah. about uh, the bra recyclers and women. And, and you know, I, I'd love to hear that story because I think that's a really yeah. interesting story. Um, you know, oftentimes it's, uh, you know, um, actually, I think all of us want to do something, but we actually don't, um, don't have that idea. So I'd love to hear right. about how you took your passion with regards to helping the community and came up with the Brawl Recyclers.
1: Yeah. And, you know, even as I, because as we talked a little before, uh, uh, just reflecting back on how I got the ideal and thinking about how I had that mindset of like, I wanted to make sure I pursued that calling. I thought about a book and I wanted to refer to this. There's a great book I read when I was going through my master's program called Whistle While You Work by Richard Leiter amazing book and he talks about defining your calling and I just love that book because he talks that your calling is ideal includes a commitment to be moved by something other than simple interests and calling by its definition is that inner urge to give our gifts away Uh, it's a dedication to something larger than ourselves and you know I think about them like oh exactly what I'm doing, and there's a simple little formula he talks about in terms of your calling. So your calling are your gifts, your passions, and your values. So I remember when I read this way back, you know, when I was getting my uh, master's, and it made me reflect a bit in terms of, okay, what really drives me, what pursues me. So again, uh, thinking back and thinking about how I got to where I am, I think about those little things and books I've read that really helped me define where I wanted to be and what I wanted to do. So the bra recyclers, um, again, I knew I wanted to do something, make that my living for my giving. How I was going to do it, had no clue. What I thought of it in bras, Darcy, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. But I knew, I knew that there, I knew I had a passion for working with women and girls. Um, and I think it was just a matter, kind of fell on my lap. There's so much need out there that I think we don't think about. Uh, I was connected to a, a, a wonderful woman here who worked at a very large shelter and again, we tried to support her how we can and I knew I was like how can we do more and I knew one I had lots of I always we always try to clean out our closets, but I knew I had lots of bras in my drawer and I did not know what to do with them and, of course, some of us have bras and we have tags on them because we never wore them. Right, Darcy? Oh, do we? I <laughs> <laughs> think this is a podcast and they can't see
0: us or our closets uh-huh, uh-huh. or our drawers. <laughs> exactly.
1: But, you know, in talking with her, just it was she was she was like, yeah, we need all of you know, have that list of things that hmm. you need. And I said, oh, you know, what about bras? And she's like, absolutely. You know, people come into these programs, women and girls, again they come with nothing for the most part and of course shelter and food are your top priorities and and then you know underwear is something that many of them need because whatever they have on that's it so when I asked about bras she's like absolutely we never get those in and I think what's so interesting as I've learned over the years when we started this is that you know bras is something that we take for granted so many of us take for granted um, it, you know, When you hear a woman on the street say that a bra is a rape deterrent, that is not something I think most of us think about. Because, again, if you're on the street and you're a woman, your chances of being um, abused or raped are very high. So many women who are on the street, as you notice, some of you see on the street, they, look, they dress very manly or you know, more masculine because they don't want to draw that attention. And if you're a larger-chested woman, a bra helps to hide that, right? So it's, it's things like that that we don't think about. Or if you're, you know, you're trying to transition back into the workplace or go to school. If you're, you know, you, you, you want the right undergarments. Looking for a job. Yeah. Oh, my God. Looking yeah, for a exactly. job. And again, just learning about how important a bra is to um, other cultures. Uh, it's like some of the cultures in Africa who um, wonderful women who's trying to educate or reeducate women around the practice of breast ironing. And that, and that's a practice that's been going on for generations, where as girls come to puberty, you know, their mothers or grandmothers take that hot stone and iron their breasts down, thinking that it's going to help them from being raped or abused or married off early. But, you know, what she's trying to do is educate them, let's get the girls in a bra instead. So just from that, Darcy, learning and trying to understand the importance of a bra, um, really made me see that this was an area this is an opportunity for me to to help and I I know I had a bunch of them I'm I I knew other women did too so that was my starting point was there
0: yeah it's really interesting as with all of the women that I um, get to have the opportunity to speak with um, on uh, this podcast women 17 mm-hmm. um, it always begins with a question yes and you know, you just said what about bras? And, yep. you know, and I think that that's really interesting because had you not asked that question, you might be given pants or you might have right. you might have moved on and did something else. And that one question, um I can think of many, many of the interviews and You know, it's and it's also asking, yeah, it's asking the right question, yeah, yeah. And as such, so um, I one of the interviews I had with um, uh, uh, Rosa year um, last year, um, it was just a matter of asking a question. You know, what are you doing with this? Um, In this this case, it was vegetables, which then transpired into a a whole conversation and a whole whole movement, basically, for her in in her neighborhood in Singapore. So, um, so. So I think that's, you know, that's really wonderful. And also, you know, you know, I, I sent, um, whether right or wrong, I mean, of course might've gained a little weight during COVID, maybe (laughs) not, but maybe it did. So I have some clothes and, um, I'm a mature woman, so I'm not quite sure I'm going to be fitting back in that size anymore anyway.
1: Right. So I've
0: taken quite a few clothes to, um, to the secondhand store, Mm -hmm. you know, and, Donated them, but they never take bras. You know, right. they're not taking underwear. There's no right. undergarments, and you know I can understand why. Uh, right. But uh, because and they're also selling them off. They need to make sure that they're clean and sanitary and is such. Mm-hmm. But you know, I take your point. In a shelter, if you've come and the only thing you have is the clothes on your back, you you know you needs you need undergarments
1: and and is such. So absolutely, and it's so interesting you say that to me because I, I've had. Interesting conversations with women who are like I would never take a a bra that's used. Oh, yeah, you would. Yeah, you would. If you are in that situation where you are homeless, um, you you would definitely take that. So I think people have to put themselves in the position of these ladies who are in, in transition or in need.
0: Oh, most certainly, and I think mm-hmm. these days with COVID, we're all one step away from that, or two steps removed Absolutely. from 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 you know needing services that we maybe wouldn't have needed so long ago. So, um, yeah, no, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, um, you know, and I I'd love to, to talk a little bit because you know if you can't recycle a bra, um, mm-hmm. you know, to a recycle center, or you can't donate it, um, uh, to a secondhand store. I know that bras would just go into the garbage and they, they would go into to landfills. Um, and then those landfills, they would either be incinerated or they would just sit in a big pile, um, wherever landfills, um, uh, right. form wherever they are in the world. Um, so I'm just curious if we want, if we step back a little bit, I'd love, mm-hmm. I know you've got a lot of stats on, um, bras. And I'd love to get sort of help us paint a picture. Like Mm -hmm. how many bras does a normal, does a woman normally have Mm -hmm. in her current possession and in her lifetime? You know, I, you know, I, I, think, you know, that starts to put a perspective, I think on, on, um, potentially a landfill problem and an opportunity to actually donate
1: Right. And, and you know, it's interesting cause there, there's not a lot of stats out there. There really aren't. But just from our conversations and my conversations with women and talking with them, I think everyone's seen that stat around eight out of 10 women are wearing the wrong size bra, which we know. So, which means you got a lot of bras sitting in your drawer. You know, what we, when we've talked to ladies over the years, they're like minimum they have, you know, at least, you know, eight to 10 bras sitting in their drawer. You know, we only typically wear two. Um, you know, those ones that we are very comfortable for us. So, you know, th- think about that. Just think about 10 bras, every woman having 10 or more, because I know some people who have a lot more than that in their drawer. I mean, that really adds up. And, you know, there is some really great, I did find a great stat around from the World uh, Economic Forum that they estimate about 11 million pounds of underwear going to our landfills daily. That's a lot of underwear. Uh, and that in- probably includes bras, panties, that... And- that's a lot and you know, there's, it's, there's a lot of waste. And I think the other, there was another great stat from, um, it was from Vogue magazine. And they talked about the returns and the amount of emissions that, um, those give out. They said that the U S returns, cre- uh, returns are about create about 5 billion pounds of landfill waste or 15 million tons of carbon emissions. That is a lot that's going, you know, happening just from returns.
0: Yeah. And actually, I should explain to our listeners, um, you know, um, Elaine and I are both Americans. And basically, um, you can return anything in the US. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you can return anything. Um, but if you return something that is um, that could potentially be health risk, like a bra, underwear, mm-hmm. or swimsuit, um, then that would be sent to the landfill or that would not be, that wouldn't be able right. to be resold, um, opposed to a pair of trousers, um, or a t-shirt where they could just re-tag it. And as long as it wasn't damaged or the tags are already on, they could put that right, right back on the shelf. So, um, we don't, we're, you know, in some countries they don't take back returns or, you know, or limited returns. In, in I, where I live in France, they would never take back any of that stuff. Um, I oh, mean, of course, sure. sorry, they would take back clothes, but they wouldn't take back, um, any kind of, um, undergarments or swimwear or anything like that it's like yeah
1: right but I I think what's even more interesting is that it's not even just returns it's that overstock and those Mm -hmm. are brand those are brand new you know these they just never sold and so verse they instead of donating them they will throw those in the landfill which is such a waste yeah such a waste
0: I have personally boycotted a couple of brands, not that I was buying them anyway, but a couple Mm -hmm. of Couture brands where, I mean, I maybe had one piece, um, and, uh, and had seen that they, you know, basically rather than reselling items, just basically put, burned them because they didn't want to. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, that, that's very unsettling. So I, I think that you, you've certainly, um, you know, you've demonstrated the, the need, for recycling bras. So I wonder if you could um, sort of explain um, and walk us through the process of how they are recycled. You know, how do you get the bras? Um, Do you quality check them? Do you wash them? So if you could guide us through that.
1: Absolutely, and even kind of taking a step back. So we we set ourselves up initially, Darcy, as a social enterprise and that was very intentional uh, to do that. Um, I am a firm believer in the social enterprise model and that, as a for-profit business, you can make and give back just as much as a nonprofit. So that for me, that was important because again, we as a social entrepreneurs and and what many social entrepreneurs do again, like you said, they find some issue or opportunity, and then what we do is use entrepreneur principles to help solve that. And so for us, it was you know, really looking at the textile recycling industry and knowing we had this gaps, like what can we do, um, to make this larger, to help more people. So for us, you know, we try to work with, um, well, we'll start on the consumer side. One of the first things we do is we want to educate, um, consumers that they can recycle their bras, that we're willing to take those. Cause as you just said, many places will not take those back. Um, but one thing I think that, that separates us out from maybe some of the, even the nonprofits is that we will take um, pretty much any any quality bras. So um, we have a, a pretty easy process. We have drop-off locations around the United States um, where people can actually drop their bras off, but also they can mail them into us. We get bras from actually women all over the world send us bras because they said they paid so much money for them mm-hmm. and they don't they don't want to throw them away. And they said they know somebody else could use these, which is great because we women as nurturers, we're like, okay, someone else, we can help somebody with this bra. So we get them from ladies just everywhere. And what's been really uh, phenomenal is that we also get in mastectomy and prosthesis. So that has been something, at least here in the US, uh, many of those programs shut down. So they don't know what to do. Yes, because of funding and some other political things, but um, the those programs, program shut down. So we get a lot of those in. So we work directly with an organization that works with women who have breast cancer, who don't have insurance. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, it's very expensive to get yes. the prosthesis. And so that has been amazing to be able to help that way also in terms of the, that those type of supplies that are needed from the uh, retailer side, we try to work with retailers to help convince them about changing that policy of landfill burner cut. Cause as you know, in most places, um, bras if you return them they're cut in half so that they can't be used again which is oh. just oh yes and many of the department stores they're cut in half so which is again very wasteful so our goal is to try to start recycling programs with them to get them to again um, recycle their overstock and returns that are coming into them so when they come into us in our warehouse here in Phoenix we go through the whole textile industry recycling industry has um, what they call grades so we sort the bras that come into us. And one thing I will say, we have an amazing partnership with an organization that works with individuals who can't work in a normal work environment. So they might have physical or mental disabilities, but again, they want to work. They want to give back. They want to be part of society and give back. So they help do a lot of our sorting for us. Mm -hmm. And so they're sorted uh, into different what we call uh, grades or quality and um, at that point, we make sure that we have over 120 nonprofits that are signed up with us. So we want to make sure we're fulfilling those requests that are coming in from those nonprofits um, for, their, for the participants of their program. So we do fulfill those and mail those directly out. Then we have all of the other bras that we have them. Of course, we keep some on hand for requests. But we have um, the business side of what we do on the textile recycling side of what we do is that we have other textile recyclers who buy our excess. So they're looking to, as they buy clothing uh, to send around the world, um, particularly to developing countries, they want to mix in underwear too. So we have excess bras that we get in and they buy those um, from us, which is amazing. So uh, And they'll take all different grades that that we have. So that's kind of how we, when I say we're, we're a social enterprise, how that's our revenue model is that we sell off the excess that's not donated. Um, to us so again, we're extending that life cycle of that bra So it's not going to landfill now as you probably know a lot of things will still end up in the landfill And that's a whole different problem We need to work on that in terms of starting way back at the front end in terms of how materials we're creating those bras are out of and how we can find better ways to um, dispose of them or upcycle them so does that give yeah. you a little idea of kind of
0: how... Oh, amazing and uh, yeah, yeah, extraordinary and um, yeah. And I thank you. I like the the picture that you painted and you mm-hmm. you approach it from all different angles. Yeah. Um, I'd love to just go back a little bit because I mean you've painted a nice picture and it's it's you know you've you've done it you know um, you know it sounded really easy the way you just displayed that and shared that with us. But I'd like to just go back to that first time where you're like I got to pick up the phone and I have got. To because you've got boxes all over the country, the US now, um, but you need that supply. I just love if you could take us back uh, to that moment where you had to make that first um, influencing negotiation to convince a retailer to give you their supply. I Uh, think that, I think without naming names, but I uh, think that that's a really interesting one um, and how how that went and and, yeah, any reflections you have on that, if you don't mind sharing.
1: (laughs) Absolutely, great question, great question. It was challenging and it still is very challenging, Darcy, to do that because again, it's changing a policy that um, many retailers don't wanna do yet. I think they're going to be forced to do that eventually, that come up with some type of policy in terms of disposing of their products in a responsible way. But I think what I had to really think about when I first had that conversation, like you're talking about, um, is what angle I take. And when we first started out, when I first came up with the idea, this was back in like 2008, 2009, You know, being sustainable and green and responsible was not a, big, a thing yet, it just wasn't. So I, you know, what I had to do is really position um, this as helping women in need. And that was a much easier sell than going, you know, let's start a recycling program. Let's keep things out of the landfill. Because again, that just wasn't that popular yet. And people weren't responding. When I did go come at them that way, I had to come at them in terms of let's look at the social impact Of you you know not throwing those bras in the landfill and I think that's that again that's that personal story that we can relate to you know a woman on the street a woman you know trying to um, keep herself safe and not be raped or abused so that's really how I had to approach it Um, and it's so interesting that now there's kind of a flip where I'm seeing more businesses saying oh we need to look at how we can at least seem more responsible or seem more like we're doing something to help our planet. So I'm starting to see that shift a little bit that they want to do something um, that's more green and more responsible. Because I think they're seeing that millennials and Gen Z's are asking or looking to spend their money with companies that have some type of sustainable position. So there definitely is a shift that we're seeing over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. thank
0: you for that. And yeah, that's it. That that's interesting. And I mean, basically, you're you're using your storytelling skills. Um, Absolutely. You know, I, you know that that you know painting a picture, painting an image, um, you know, speaking to people's hearts. Yes. <laughs> and then definitely. their minds, but first with their hearts. Um, when you refer to retailers. Um, I just want to, it's a clarifying question and, and then there's another question behind this, but just wondering, so are you, are you referring to like a department store or you, or could it be, you know, um, X, Y, Z bra, bra company has their own, um, their own shop. Uh, yeah. Or are you talking about manufacturers? Can you just explain, um, that because I've got, I've got yeah. another question behind that. Just wanted to know when you're referring to retailers, if you clarify who that would be. Not, not who, but what type. Yeah.
1: But what, it, it could be all above. So it could be online retailers. It could be department stores. Absolutely. Um, we do have some partnerships with some department stores because again, they have a lot of returns. Um, and we're starting to see, as you know, probably even more so with the, the online uh, lingerie retailers because of subscription models. Tons of returns with those subscription models because, you know, they have that try and buy. So you see lots of returns coming from those um, those type of retailers, uh, also the distributors of those retailers who are distributing their product. Those are also who we deal with too.
0: Oh, okay. Interesting. I tried. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes Mm -hmm. sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's, it's interesting to me because I can see this um, you know regulations and being you know in, in social responsibility from a manufacturer you know a bra maker a lingerie maker that's part you know and as you alluded to you know breaking down um, you know having a sustainable bra where you know mm-hmm. maybe there's no petroleum in it and you know there's right. something else besides you know yeah petroleum for the elastic and so forth and so on um, in order to make it compostable or biodegradable and so forth mm-hmm. um, but I think it's interesting when you talk. I I mean, I can see those, you know, you do start to see that put, um, those regulations put on companies that create manufacturers, create that in all industries. What's interesting is that you're also talking about the retailer and the retailer, Mm -hmm. you know, you're getting all of these brands from all different, you know, from, you know, the big brands from a Nike all the way down to, you know, a mom and pop shop. So you're having quite an array and, putting a responsibility on big retailers, big department stores. I think I have, I mean, you would know better than me, but that's an interesting twist to this equation. Is that something that they are actually um, uh, um, faced with? Or or do you think there's going to be some regulation around that um, opposed to manufacturers? Um, I hope that was clear. It's just, yeah. Yeah, No, it was.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it, I, and I, I think we're going to start seeing that. I know there's, uh, you know, upcoming regulations on the manufacturers and those brands. I think the you probably know or heard about the one the, with the New York Fashion Act that they uh, there's been a lot of articles around that. Were there are any brands that manufacture in the New York state area? They want to make, have them be more transparent about um, how they're producing their goods, you know, looking at their whole supply chain. Mm -hmm. So I think if that passes, oh my God, that'd be amazing for the industry. um, What I think is gonna be interesting is how they're gonna hold them accountable in terms of how they're disposing of those products. I think that's what's gonna be key. Um, And then hopefully that'll kind of fall down back through the supply chain that makes more people accountable through their whole supply chain. So hopefully we're gonna see um, some changes there. But again, I think retailers have not, um, there, there hasn't been a lot of incentive for, to, for them to think about how they can be more responsible because if they don't have to, believe me, they're not going to. Yeah. I mean, you know, and in, unless the consumer also begins to demand it, which we're starting to see some more, some of that with millennials and Gen Zs, they're, they're just, they're not gonna change. And I think that whole concept, as you know, of fast fashion, you know, that's a hard mindset to break we've got to break that mindset of, do you really need that shirt? Or, or Darcy, I saw you in that last week, and I'm going to shame you online because you had that on last week. You know, so I think there's a whole mindset change that has to happen that'll just trickle down. And um, we as women can definitely help with that.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I recently read, I'm going to get the number wrong, but I recently read about how, you know, our, our, parents or our mothers or parents, they had probably a total of maybe eight outfits You know, you know, uh, you know when they were our age, you know, or maybe it's our grandparents, but you know how I I don't even want to do the calculation myself, but yeah, um, and how you're right, you know, fast fashion and as such, but you know who are most of the fast fashion um um uh, purchasers, the consumers, you know, they're young people, and so yeah, they've got yeah, got to start shifting that, which you're you're right, we are seeing, and I like there's a couple of brands also that show the um the supply chain, as you had just Mm -hmm. said, they. Mm Will say, you know, um, okay, this t-shirt is made by someone in Bangladesh. This person's paid this much money and so forth and so on. So you actually get further into the scope of uh, of the uh, procurement and the manufacturing process where you normally wouldn't even see. So, and I dare say a lot of manufacturers don't even get, it depends on the manufacturer, how far into the scope that they go um, three, four, and how deep they go into their own supply chain. So Absolutely. So um, so I'd love to just highlight here um, uh, which sustainable development goals the bra recyclers contribute to. Uh, one is actually sustainable development goal number one, which is no poverty. And I love, I'm going to shout this out because um, you were very clear when um, sharing this with me, because for those of you who don't know, um, under each of the SDGs, there are um, a serious uh, a series of indicators. And so Um, And so SDG, you specified SDG one, which is no poverty. And your goal is to increase the availability and distribution of basic needs like underwear to families in transition. I love that. Um, And the next one would be SDG 10, which is reduced inequalities. And your goal at the Bra Recyclers is to provide job opportunities and basic needs to individuals, irrespective of age, irrespective of, excuse me, of age, sex, disability, race, ethnicity, origin, religion, or economic or other status. And the third goal that you contribute to is um, SDG 12, which is responsible consumption and production, and your goal being to provide scalable programs to promote the adoption of sustainable practices to reduce waste generation by recycling and re- the reuse of usable underwear. So um, right. thank you. I, I, it's really nice to put that into, you know, I normally talk at a high level, but I like how you've, um, you've given your goal for those, those indicators. So that's really
1: Yeah, good. I was- you know, it was really good when I this year or last year when I started thinking about our goals and wanting to align with the SDG goals, I, I had taken a, a little, it was like an online class that really um, gave us kind of a roadmap on how to think about how to align ourselves and really looking through our whole value chain analysis from the raw materials all the way to a product in end of life. So it really made me look at all of that and then really kind of dig into those those key targets associated with each of the higher level goals. And so that's how we kind of came up with how we are aligned. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, no, and and that's a great exercise to do. Mm Yeah, yeah, I think that's really good. And it it just gives you, yeah, you're it's aligned to your mission. And, uh, you know, you know, it, um, it motivates and engages employees. Um, I didn't ask you this. We asked, we touched on it a little bit, but what about obstacles that have been thrown in your way? This hasn't been a cakewalk. So, uh, (laughs) so, so uh, highlight a few of those obstacles for us before we sort of switch gears. (laughs) Uh, You
1: know, I think, you know, the biggest challenge for me when I first took this on is I I knew nothing about the textile recycling industry because, you know, it's a very, um, it's a very non-transparent industry. And so I had to really just jump in and learn it on my own. Now, we, we joined, you know, some associations, you know, the, and just to try to learn who were the players in the industry. But that was really tough because it's, it's an industry where the uh, people have been in it for generations, literally. And so trying to get information out of people and learn about pricing and strategies, um, it was really tough. So of course we made a lot of mistakes in the beginning in terms of how to price our product you know how to source our product um you know we i think went didn't go the normal route of many of the textile recyclers that we met you know we wanted to be very transparent and talk about how it works um and i think that was something i did get a lot of pushback i'm just going to be honest with you darcy from consumers initially Because I wanted to be transparent in talking about the life cycle of a garment, talking about that what's not donated is sold off. Because a lot of people don't talk about that. Um, Even though some of your largest textile recyclers, like a Goodwill, you know, they sell most of their product off. But it's not something people heard. And as I started to talk about that and use examples, they were like, no. I'm like, yes. So I think there was just that awareness that wasn't there, and I kind of got that pushback because people were like, there's no way that no, that's not how it works. yeah, so but that was good. It was just i I use that as a, a opportunity to educate mm-hmm. um, and I think now more people are starting to understand the process. We still have little ways to go, but I think that was our biggest challenge. and then, you know, I think the biggest challenge, of course, as we talked about earlier, is that just convincing trying to convince retailers and I still have this challenge to change their policy. Cause again, they don't have that incentive yet to do that. It's so much more easier with many of these startup companies because they want to go out with some type of sustainable position because they know they have to. And I think um, during COVID was a great time for us to pivot because we also came up with uh, what we call a sustainability scorecard that we give to what we call our partners or ambassadors. And it really helps them look at and see what their impact is from an environmental standpoint. So uh, that has been really great for us to be able to provide that to them.
0: Mm, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, thanks for sharing that. And I I think, you know, I'm not surprised, you know, people, you know, you're an inquiring mind and you're curious and, you know, you're asking the right questions. Uh, And so, you know, probably for most people, you know, you put your, you drop off your um, items to uh, the secondhand store, recycling center, and off you go and you feel good about it. it. Um, But you don't know. And And, you know, I don't blame people for not thinking about the rest of it, but, you know, the rest of it now that keeps me up at night, you know, (laughs) you know, okay, China's not taking, you know, our electronics anymore. So where do they go, you know? And so, you know, those are the kinds of things, but, you know, I, you know, the, the average person, you know, is not thinking about that. And to your point, it's a matter of education. Um, And then that actually translates into um, how you're gonna spend your money. Like thinking about it, like, "Mm, do I really need this extra bra? It doesn't quite fit. It might fit if I lose another couple pounds. Will I lose another couple of pounds? Probably not. Not going to buy this bra, you know, or, or opposed to, yeah, I'm going to definitely lose. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's like January, right? I'm totally going to lose this weight to fit into this bra. That's true. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. And it never happens. So that, it um, never happens. Well, I've got to be kind. I'm sure it does. It just doesn't happen in this house. So.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: so. Um, so I'd like to um, ask you a question. Um, I've had uh, a couple of people on, um, and the one particular I'm thinking about is Dorothy, and she has a Sapo, SAPO cycle, which is uh, um, the recycling of soap. Um, they use mm-hmm. hotel soaps and recycle. Um, similar, similar but different kind of model. She's working also with um, uh, the people that are, um, you know, uh, need uh, maybe or have disabilities or not in the job market to give them um, an opportunity to work, and um, and then they feel good because they're helping other people also. So, um, and she talked to me about this idea of taking what she has for sapo cycle again, the recycling of um, hotel soaps, mm-hmm. um, and she's doing this in Switzerland and France. And um, she talked to me about this model which she's exploring, which is social franchising. So I'm just wondering, I mean, have you thought about? Um, or do you have the whole market of the U S and, and, and that's something you're able to manage, or have you thought about, um, you know, franchising this idea, um, AKA social franchising this idea?
1: Oh, great question. You know, I haven't thought about franchising, but uh, what we do is we actually have an ambassador program. Cause again, I can't do this as you know, on my own, this is too big. And so what that allows me to do is have other partners, um, like other small you know, businesses who are either drop off locations for us or who are using their followers and their customers to help promote recycling, abroad recycling. And so we set up, what we did is in, during COVID, it was a great time for pivoting, I tell you, um, we set up a rewards program. So as we partner with other businesses, small businesses, who, it doesn't have to necessarily be lingerie either. Who want to encourage uh, this behavior of res- you know responsibly recycling your bras and underwear is is that they can offer them a discount when they recycle. So I'm encouraging that those partnerships. We're building those partnerships because I can't again I can't do this on my own. So I need help, and that's what we're doing through our ambassador program and our rewards program.
0: Hmm. Oh, I love yeah. that! I love yeah. that, and and getting the and getting the retailers involved in that, and the consumers, and yeah, absolutely. it's a beautiful story, and it's uh, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's nice.
1: Everyone's giving back, and uh, absolutely, uh, yeah. absolutely. Because yeah. I yeah. think what with so many people there's a lot of businesses that want to figure out how to be more sustainable and responsible. Mm-hmm. They don't know how. They yeah. don't know how. So we're offering a simple process that they can use um, to do that. And it's just a matter of particularly those who have that overstocking returns. um, It's very simple for them to do and we try to make it as easy as possible for them to do that.
0: Mm, Yeah. Yeah. And it's also it's great for the consumer also and and building customer loyalty because, you know, I mean, I would want to shop at a place that does that. That interests Mm -hmm. me. You know, I give back and I get, you know, um, rewards in in returning. So I think that's that's brilliant exactly.
1: And I think for us uh, moving forward, I mean, my goal, one of my goals for 2022 was that we want to expand what we're doing. And, you know, we've been doing bras for so long. So we really want to expand and support the entire family. So we're going to start doing men's and boys underwear. Mm -hmm. So I'm very excited about that. So we're going Mm -hmm. to look at starting um, an affiliated nonprofit off of our company that's going to support the entire family Mm because men and boys need it. Also, we get that request all the time. So you have women coming into many of these programs and they have children, Um, or they might, it might be a family. And so, you know, we're just supporting the women right now, but we want to support the entire family.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, you have to start somewhere and I yeah. think that's really good. Yeah. You mm-hmm. just reminded me of another podcast, um, that I did with a young woman, um, out of California, her name's Lindsay Sabell and she, um, she recycles or not recycles. She collects, um, shoes and oh. it's soles Yeah. Um, shoes for, uh, shoes for souls and she, she collects and distributes, um, shoes, Um, so there's, you have to look at the podcast or listen to the podcast. Yeah, There's a great photo of her in her garage with hundreds of pairs of shoes and she's supplying them to shelters. Mm -hmm. Um, and one of the things I meant to say this earlier when you were talking about, you know, certainly as a safety issue, when a woman is wearing a bra, um, and, and then we lightly touched on, you know, if they're going for a job interview. And I just remember Lindsay saying that, you know, when people put on a really nice pair of shoes that they have that confidence and yes. you know and to go to the job you know interview or whatever it might be it just sort of you know and that that really yeah w- similar kind of feeling that when you've shared it i kind of had that same kind of feeling that if you if you're wearing the proper underwear and, and nice yes. underwear and Wearing underwear, um, absolutely, yeah. yeah, Then that makes a world of difference.
1: And and I think even we're seeing it in there was one story I think I've shared before is with a a teacher who contacted me about a young girl in her school. Well, you know, sixth grader, and you know, teachers are wonderful. We love teachers. And she she was being bullied. um, Very large chested for her age, like a forty four G. And she just wanted to help this young lady because um, she had been in the counselor's office and she just hated what she looked like. I mean, just, it was horrible. So they con- she contacted me and she's like, can you help us? And I'm like, absolutely. So luckily we had her size, an inventory. And so I sent her like five bras in her size And I said, I know she probably does not have underwear, good underwear. If she doesn't have, you know, good bra, which she, which she didn't. And we sent her like a dozen pair of panties, brand new. And I just was, it was so heartwarming to get an email back from the teacher saying, Oh my God, she got the box. And first she only thought she could take one, but we figured she told her this was all hers, and she thought it was like Christmas. And they said the next day in school, when she came in and she was walking down the hall. And uh, yes, exactly. She had Badass. Just yeah. bad. <laughs> exactly. She felt awesome. good about herself. Of course. And, of course. you know, especially at that young age. And, you know. Yeah.
0: You oh, yeah. Kids are horrible so, at that age, too. Yeah, kids are
1: horrible so. at that age. So, I mean, it's just a, like you said, a bra can make you feel yeah. amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, you have to. I mean, I think about that. And the impact that that, that made, what, what that mm-hmm. teacher did and what you mm-hmm. did has made a huge impact on that young woman's life. Yeah. And that could affect her, her entire life her confidence, um, the way that she interacts with people, uh, how she approaches so many things in life right. that, that you've, you know, you said she's 14. I mean, I dare but say she was she's even getting, younger than that. She was sixth uh, grade. So that's sixth what. grade. Oh boy. Yeah. Okay. Sixth yeah. Grade. 12, yeah. yeah. 12. Yeah. 12. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 12. Yeah. I would dare say that if you ask her in about 10 or 15 years, she will remember that day and, and probably till the day she dies, she'll be oh, remembering that day yeah. is, I mean, really, come on, that's an impact. And those are the kinds of things, you know, for, you know, my sister's a teacher. Mm Mm-hmm and uh, my sister recently i mean she always gets messages of gratitude from her students and she just recently shared one with me and it it was you know the impact uh, that you make on a young person's life this was probably yes. oh probably 15 years ago that um that my sister was this young woman's um uh, teacher and she highlighted all of the things my sister did for her and i tell you i mean yeah it really makes an impact. So kudos yeah, to you and this oh, teacher. Thank you. Oh, it's remarkable. Yeah. yeah think about is. that. You've changed one life. I mean, one. many lives, but just highlighting one. Right. Yeah. Right. Thank you but, for sharing that. Yeah. Yes, thank you. By something as simple as a bra. Oh yeah. Well, and we take it for granted, but I I just, and that's why I really, you know, you know, I, people always ask me how I find people to speak with. And I think you even asked me and I don't really remember how but I'm always looking looking and, and I can tell you, you're the first woman that I've come across that's doing bra recycling. And I was like, Oh, yeah, this is something we need to talk about. And because you're right, most of us have multiple bras. Um, and I think this is a really important one. So um, so Good. thank you. I'm so happy. Oh, thank you. So we are coming to towards the end of our um, conversation here. And so um, I'd like to ask you, what advice would you give other women who are interested in pursuing as you had said, you know, your, your true calling, or as, as you, mm-hmm. as you said, was, uh, live through giving, uh, which I love. Um, what advice would you offer?
1: You know, I would tell people just think about the simple things in life. Think about things that, um, you know, ordinary people just don't typically, or take advantage, take for granted, like having a bra. Um, I, you know, I, Once i got that ideal I dreamed really big But I also was realistic in terms of what I needed to do to make this dream come true So just dream big but think realistically, you know focus on whom you can help in your community Just think about that. Just start with your own community and think about what are some of the opportunities there? Um, Who needs help? What do they need? What are some of just the basics and then once you get that, then then is that taking that now, saying, okay, now do I want? You know, you could go the nonprofit route, or you could try to like look at the social enterprise model and say, how can I make this into a business? With first and foremost, making sure that we're focusing on helping, you know, others or helping our planet. So I, I think don't don't overthink it. I think that's what some people do—we really overthink things—and um, just just do it just go out and do it. That's what I did. I know people are like, what are you doing? What are you talking about? Are you crazy? And I'm like, no, no, it's a, it's a need. It's somebody needs to do something about it. So you can, again, you see that problem, decide if, you know, you're going to hopefully somebody else does something about it or you can do something about it.
0: And there's that, and you're, you're spot on. There's a quote that says something who, if, if, who's, if, if not you, who, or something like that. So I didn't quote that properly, but yeah, I mean, yeah. Mm -hmm. And this is a, is an interesting one again that I, you know, I, I've never seen it addressed because it's never something that you're able to address. It's just like, yeah, into the bin. yeah you know, so, um, so I really, I love this and I'm so absolutely impressed with all that you've accomplished and all the women that you're helping hoping oh, um and i will when my next trip to the u.s um which i'm hoping will be in the spring i will be bringing my collection of bras that might not fit me <laughs> right now but maybe they would some other time and i will be dropping them into a box i'll be asking i'll be in arlington virginia or pittsburgh so you'll need to tell me where i can drop off my
1: bras so. absolutely absolutely Well, thanks so much thanks for having me
0: Oh, boy. Thank you. Thank you so much for agreeing to, to join us in this conversation. Really, really has been a real pleasure. Thank you so much, Elaine.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: <laughs> Great. And I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in to the Women 17 podcast, Conversations with Global Women, Changing the World, One Sustainable Development Goal at a Time. We welcome your feedback from today's podcast and wish you a happy, safe, and productive day.